Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of months in Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia face Ain't nothing finer in the lane Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and last thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We are a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, here as always with my co-host, Boss Dog. Boss, bark at the people. What's up, everyone? Uh, today we got our Sixers, so we're just going to kick it off with our coin flip. Yeah, so coin flip this week. A lot of the topics this week based off Seth Emerson's work in The Athletic. He had an article earlier this week talking about the comments that Del McGee made last week about the return of Zamir White and James Cook. Essentially, he was asked, what's the impact of Zeus and James coming back? And his answer was something along the lines of, you know, it's a pretty similar situation to when Sony and Nick came back, which in, I don't know, firestorm's not the right words, but I think a lot of people kind of took a double take and were like, well, those are those are big comparisons, right? Um, so I guess first, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think the similarities are and what do you think the differences are? Well, I think the first thing is that we have to go back to the 2016 season and compare the 2016 season to the 2020 season. Let's compare the seasons first. 2016 season, Kirby's first year, offensive line was just an absolute dumpster fire is really the best way to describe it. Sony and Nick didn't have great years. They didn't, especially compared to, you know, 2017. So Zeus and James did not have the years they wanted. And let's be honest, if they did, they wouldn't have come back. They probably would have gone through. So let's throw that out there right away. I think them coming back, if nothing else from a leadership standpoint, stabilizes that room. That room is so young other than them, both of them going pro leaves Milton the lead back as a true sophomore. And if I'm correct, I think he's 19. So <laughs> let's, from a leadership standpoint alone, huge. Also leadership standpoint alone from the offense. They're the leaders of that offense now. Hands down, they're the oldest guys in the room. There's no questions asked. They are the leaders of that offense. Them and JT, they, you know, they're it. Buck stops with them. Comparison to Sony and Nick, I don't like to compare anyone to Sony and Nick. Just flat out. I don't, but... I'm not going to argue with Dell. So I will take his word. I mean, other than Kirby, he's next on my list as far as his word is gospel. So I'm not going to go with any, go against anything he says. So for me, I think it was a very brief comment, right? Like he didn't expound upon it a ton. The, what, the thing I took from it, the comparison was based off of having the two lead dogs in the running back room come back. 
and having established leaders on the team come back. And I do think there are some personality similarities between Zeus and James and Nick and Sony just from a – I wouldn't say either one of those guys, uh, Zeus or James, are the, the boisterous rah-rah type, but they both seem to be guys that put their head down, work really hard, and set a fine example for everybody else on the team. And I think that was definitely the case with Nick and Sony, right? And I think the other piece of it that is similar is they're the two guys with the most snaps at the position. So there are certainly similarities there. Um, You know, to your point, I I would hesitate to compare anyone to Nick and Sony for a a myriad of reasons, right? Number one being the actual production they had. I mean, I do think it gets undersold a little bit because outside of that 17 season, their first three years were not, I would say, massive years or years. People are like, oh, man, that was an awesome year, right? But the actual production well, from the Nick was no, but I'm talking about the team. Like oh oh the uh, team. Sorry sorry, I, I misunderstood. I thought you were talking about individual. No, they both had great individual years throughout that tenure. But what I'm saying is, as a four year span, I think they get undersold a little bit from a legacy perspective. And I think even within my own brain, you know, I, I think you think of Georgia running backs. For me, the first two that come in my head are Herschel and Todd Gurley, and I think. Part of that's just the physicality of it and what they were as physical specimens. But if you're just looking at it from a production perspective, Nick and Sony are second and third on the career rushing list. So, like, they got to be in the, the mix. And I think Sony, as a, as a receiver out of the backfield, also gets kind of undersold what his production was. So, um, hey, man, I hope that Zeus and James have monster years next year, and, and we are talking about them in the same vein as, uh, as Sony and Nick. But again, I go back to, I think what he was saying was there are similarities from the circumstance and from what it means from a leadership perspective and kind of from a foundational perspective from the team moving forward into the upcoming year. So yeah, I'm kind of on board with that piece of it. I don't think his comparison was, you know, James and James and Zamir are Nick and Sony. I don't think that's what he was trying to say. I think that kind of got, got blown out a little bit. Um, All right. So for, Saturday night and six pack this week. Five of the question, first five questions are going to be questions directly from Seth Emerson's part three of his survey series. I love that he does that survey series. I think everybody knows we are big fans of Seth's work and the stuff he puts out there. I think the survey series is cool because it gives a really good snapshot into where the Georgia fan base sits. So I thought it'd be a good idea for us to address five of those questions because they're more general topics, less about, player stuff and more about i think general program things so let's start uh, let's let's pop topic number one here pop a top on number one which is georgia florida where do you want it played from a fan standpoint i want it in jackson i love neutral site games i love it in jacksonville i know technically you know it's closer to gainesville yada 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 i don't care i love the atmosphere in jacksonville i love the fact that Big rivalry game. I love the red on one side, the blue on the other. It's just, I love it. I mean, I love everything about it. I love it's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, even though they don't call it that anymore. That will always be. I love the history there, even though we didn't have a good stretch there for a long time. I love everything about Jacksonville. Now, my logical brain says, from a recruiting standpoint, I want it to go back. I want, it should be a home and home. But from a fan standpoint, I want it in Jacksonville. Yeah, I am 
100% behind it being in Jacksonville and staying in Jacksonville. I think there's something so special about college rivalries that are played at a neutral site. Like, dude, I, I love the Red River shootout just because it's played at the Cotton Bowl every year at the Texas State Fair. And, I, I, you know, I just – I love, love, love that. And so I would loathe Georgia losing that. Um, I think it's a destination-type thing to go down to Jacksonville, and the event itself is is something that, you know, is its own kind of special thing. And I, I just don't want to lose that. And in all honesty, I think the fact that they have a neutral site rivalry game helps in recruiting as much as people would say it hurts. I know it's this, okay, one weekend you can't be on campus, blah, blah, blah. But like, how cool is it to sell to your recruits? Like, Hey, we're going to go have this neutral site game. It's going to be the CBS game of the week every year. It's kind of a destination thing. It's a gigantic party for the fan bases. I just think it's a really unique thing that not many programs nationwide can sell. And I think it would be a travesty for it not to be played there. So I am, uh, I would hate to see it leave Jacksonville. I I love it there. Uh, Cocktail party weekend is one of my, if not my favorite weekends of the year. So yeah, I I don't ever want it to not be in Jacksonville. All right, let's pop top number two, which is do you favor Georgia continuing to play Georgia Tech every year? Yes. I love rivalry games. Clean old fashioned hate. When I became a Georgia fan, which was, my early 20s, so I didn't grow up a Georgia fan from Virginia, so my early 20s. I loathe Florida, but when we lost to Georgia Tech, because I had a bunch of friends that went to Georgia Tech, I felt like I'd been punched in the gut. So I love rubbing it in their face still to this day every time we beat Georgia Tech. I hate Georgia Tech with a burning passion. I hate Florida with a burning passion, too. But there's something about them that just drives me nuts. And the fact that they're down makes it that much better. So I, I love the facts. And, and plus, it's, you know, it is, it's always the same weekend every year. It's, weekend, it's after Thanksgiving. It's a fun game to go to, you know, if you have that opportunity. It's usually not as crowded. It's, you know, it's a good game to take the family to, stuff like that. I love everything about that weekend if you can have the opportunity to go to. Now, as I'm older, you know, when I was younger, wasn't that exciting, but I, I can't remember which year it was, but it was the year that I think it was Stafford's year, when we, the shootout game that we lost. Like, I felt like it was just the world had come down um, when we lost that game. So, yes, I want to continue that ride. So, for me, the main argument from people that seem to not want that game anymore is that Georgia Tech's not competitive. The rivalry's not competitive. We should play someone else. Well, okay. Why not then stop playing somebody from the Sun Belt every year? and schedule a more competitive Power 5 opponent, which is what Josh Brooks and Kirby have been doing if you look at the projection of the schedule over the next decade. So why are I don't, I don't even understand why there's a conversation about eliminating an in-state rival that we've been playing since the late 1800s uh, with all that history, and it just seems insane to me. And so I will never be in favor of eliminating that matchup Uh, Same as you. I love that it's Thanksgiving weekend every year. You know, you kind of set your watch by it, that the dogs are just going to walk the dog on the bugs all weekend. And I mean, I I just I don't get the push or the outcry that, oh, they shouldn't play Georgia Tech anymore. Like there are other places on the schedule that you can make changes and still keep one of your 
longest tenured rivals intact. So yeah, I, I, I think it's a silly topic, but it seems to constantly come up and yeah, that's kind of where I sit on. All right. Let's pop top number three. Um, would you attend games at Sanford next season if the stadium is at full capacity? Yes, no question. Wouldn't even think twice about it. I don't care if you got to wear a mask. I don't care if you got to wear a hazmat suit. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to Stanford. It's full capacity. I'll go if there's ten thousand people, ninety thousand people. I don't care. I'm going to. Stanford. I'll go to Stanford. Yeah, I think there was a. I mean, I'm hundred percent the same. Obviously, I went this year when it was limited capacity. I would go if it was full capacity. Um, I hope it is full capacity and I'm looking forward to it being full capacity. Um, I kind of want to pivot on this a little bit and ask you a tangential question because I saw something floated and not by any reputable news source or anything, but I saw it floated on some blog or something that there is a possibility that if North Carolina is not back at full capacity standards for the kickoff classic, that Georgia and Clemson could look at the option, and maybe it was a Clemson article, could look at the option of playing the game somewhere else with Atlanta being the first choice to, to do so. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think that – do you think that's realistic at all? I just figured with the contract with Dukes and stuff, they would just be tied into Charlotte. I don't know. Maybe their contract has outs for things like that. But I, I just don't know how much say the universities themselves are going to have in that. That's a very interesting, I'd like to read the article. That's a very interesting contractual question. Once again, it's the way that our minds work. You know, I'd like it from a logical perspective. It sounds great. You want as many people to be in that, that building as possible to see that game. But from a logistics standpoint, it doesn't seem possible because, I mean, this game has been on the schedule for I mean, how many years now? At I least it- three, I think. Yeah, it's been on for a while. So when this contract was signed, the pandemic wasn't a thought in anyone's mind. And most companies, in, when they sign contracts, don't have pandemic insurance built into it. Most companies don't carry pandemic insurance. I mean, they probably do now, but they didn't at the time, you know, three years ago. Um, I mean, businesses just didn't carry it. Uh, at least the majority of businesses don't because the odds of it happening were slim and none. You know, obviously the world has changed a lot in the last year, but so I, I don't, the logistics probably aren't feasible to get out of it to move this venue unless, you know, the, the schools are willing to pay to move it, which financially, I don't know. I mean, it's not like they don't have the money. I don't know if they'd be willing to do that to get full fans in the thing. Yeah, I, I had, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's one of those things where I read the article. And I was like, man, I can't believe I didn't think about that possibility. And it really hadn't crossed my mind that they would play the game anywhere but Charlotte. Just because, again, I just figured contractually this, the schools couldn't get out of it. Because it's, I, I'm sure the contract is running through, I think Charlotte Sports Foundation is who puts on the Dukes Mayo Bowl and then the kickoff classic with Dukes. So there's that piece. And then... I'm sure there's some stuff that goes on with the city of Charlotte itself. And then Dukes is the title sponsor. So like, is Dukes going to be cool with moving the game to Atlanta or somebody floated Jacksonville or planning on one of the home campuses of the schools? I don't know, man. It just seems like a lot of moving parts. And I, and I get the push to have a full stadium. I just think the trend is moving towards that being the case in most States. Um, 
I mean, dude, Governor Maryland came out yesterday and said Camden Yards is going to be full or half full for Orioles opening day. And I wouldn't say that uh, the state of Maryland has actually been um, pushing the envelope on COVID protocols throughout all this last year. So for them to say that, I just feel like the trend is moving towards, especially given the projections on folks being vaccinated and X, Y, and Z. I don't know, man. I just think they're probably going to have a full boat or really close to a full boat in Charlotte for that ball game. I mean, we're still what? We're still six months out, essentially? Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're, March, we're March 10th and kicks September 4th, or September 4th. So, I mean, it's coming quick, man. But I think there's still a lot of time there for, for good things to happen from a Spectre set. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting question and kind of dovetailed with the Sanford question. So I guess we'll just have to watch and see what happens on that. Um, four, topic four, pop and top number four is, uh, what's your thoughts on alcohol sales at Sanford? I'm torn on this because on one hand, I like the idea. You know, brings in more revenue to the, to the stadium, I mean, to, to, the, to the department, brings in more revenue to the school. And, you know, I'd like to have a beer while I'm watching the game. But at the same, on the second hand, it's going to make for more of a, not family friendly environment um, in certain sections of the of the state. And also the lines are going to be just outrageous. If you have a specific section, I know that there was a talk of possibly like a beer garden area. I like that idea of it. But just kind of having it like pro stadiums where it's just kind of like wherever you want to go and do it. I'm not really a fan of that aspect of it. And main reason is is just that I'm there to watch the game. I'm, you know, doing my tailgating and stuff beforehand before I go in. That's when I'm going to consume the alcohol that I'm going to consume usually in that aspect of it. And then I'm going to go, I'm there to watch the game and enjoy the game. I don't want to be there to break up fights or listen to idiots behind me or in front of me or around me trying to fight other fans from opposing teams and stuff like that. I just don't want to deal with that. I mean, I know that that can happen anywhere, even with or without alcohol, but the odds are heightened when there's alcohol involved readily for four hours throughout a game especially on a Saturday in Athens in September when it's 900 degrees on the surface of the sun. So I, I'm cool with it if they want to do it. I've had, I guess, three or four experiences now in college stadiums that, that sold booze. Uh, they obviously sold booze at Vandy. We went to see the dogs kick off the season in 2019. The Rose Bowl sold booze when we were out there the start of 2018 for the semifinal. Um, Jacksonville sold booze for the cocktail party this year. Um, and I think there's one more I went to where they, where they sold beer. And, you know, my thing was I'm not going to miss the game to stand in line for anything, hot dog, drink, beer, it doesn't matter to me. Um, so I think if people want to stand in line and do that, that's, that's their prerogative. Um, I didn't notice though at any of those venues, anybody, um, I guess you could say taking advantage of the in-stadium booze to like get liquored up. Now it's not to say people won't cause they certainly will, but I think some of it's cost prohibitive, right? Like it's, it's more expensive to buy booze within the stadium. I think people are still going to get, get banged up before they go in the game. Kind of like they've always done. Um, to your point though, I do like the idea of like a beer garden thing or maybe a focused beer sales and partner with all the local breweries in Athens to sell their stuff in the stadium, just because I think that'd be really cool. I don't know if that's something they would end up doing, but that kind of seems something that's up Josh Brooks's alley to do something neat like that, that partners with um, businesses in the town. And uh, that'd be a cool flavor. I mean, I wouldn't mind having uh, 
one of the local beers inside Sanford. So I think, I think there's some opportunity there. I, I'd be okay with it. Um, but I do think the concerns you bring up are merited, you know, people getting, getting super banged up and, and being crazy in the stadium and all those types of things. So I, it'll, that'll be something to watch. I think the, the SEC will be slower on that probably than most just because of um, the area of the country and all those types of things. So we'll see. Um, all right. Let's pop top number five, which is what year did you attend your first Georgia game and was it a home, road, or neutral site? Home game, Auburn, 20... 2011, yes, 2011, clinched the SEC East Championship that year. That was the year that we started off 0-2, lost to, oh, no, no, oh, God, I lose them. Same year, same year, Boise State, neutral site game uh, against uh, Boise. Uh, Power Ranger uniform game, same year. Then later that year was the home game against Auburn. In, in fairness to boss, the Boise yeah, State game yeah. was was my bachelor party weekend in Atlanta. Yeah. And let's just say start to finish, that weekend is a bit hazier than most. <laughs> All of them. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's fair. Plus, that game was – that was such a – yeah, after Boykin's touchdown, it just kind of all just go, whoo, Yeah, it started off so promising, and then it just it didn't go didn't go well at all. So, yeah. So, for uh, me, uh, it was uh, 2003. I've told this story a bunch. But fall of 2003, um, Deep South's oldest rivalry, Georgia-Auburn. Jason Campbell gets picked off by Odell Thurman at the goal line, and he brings it all the way back to the house, running right back into the student section. And uh, I have described it this way multiple times, but it's the only thing that makes sense in my brain. I felt like Sanford was going to be the walls of Jericho and the whole thing was going to come crashing down because of the raucous cries of the, of the home faithful. But uh, boy, it was an electric moment. And I have, I have tried to take in at least one Georgia game, regardless of location, every single year since then. Um, I have not always succeeded. When I was in grad school in Boston, I had a hard time getting down to games but most every other year we've tried to hit it at least one time somewhere whether it's a bowl or a home game or a road game i don't know if we talked about this but my brother and i are trying to hit every single road stadium that the dogs play in in the sec so we try to go to a different one each year so that's been fun and i look forward to doing some more of that as things get a little bit more back to normal but uh hopefully we can check every one off the, the next big one i'm looking forward to is going down to college station when the dogs head down there so yeah man uh, ain't nothing better in the world than, than watching the dogs. So that, that's a good one. Well, all right, let's pop the final top, which is our Saturday in Athens six or question this week. And uh, the question this week is six sporting events that you can attend for the rest of your life. And I sent you some caveats on that it has to be a one day event. So like, you can't just say, well, one of my events is going to be the world series or one of my events is going to be the NHL finals. Cause that's kind of cheating. Right. So you got to pick one. So if you're going to pick one of those things, it has to be like game four of the NHL finals. So let me hear your list, homie. Well, this is not quite as difficult as the last one we did with the six songs, but this was still tough. So in no, this is in no particular order whatsoever. Big hockey fan. So game seven, Stanley Cup finals, don't care where it is, but if I had to pick a place, give me the um, Montreal Canadiens. Give me the form, the old form, new form, redone form. I don't care which. Give me, give me that arena. I'm not gonna pick 
the Super Bowl because that's that's too easy. I want an NFC AFC championship game. I don't care which one, but I think an atmosphere at a home stadium is much better than a Super Bowl. I think that you know you're there with the home crowd, whether you're a fan of that team or not. I think that atmosphere, you know, as a neutral fan, is just much bigger. If you're a fan of the team, great, but I think an AFC NFC championship game is if your home team wins, great. If your home team loses, just the emotional roller coaster of that is just so much better than the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is a it's a spectacle. We talked about that when it was going on. Talked about it earlier. Cocktail parties on the list, hands down, love it. No questions asked at the on that. Other Georgia related. I want opening day home game in Athens against the big school. Memories of the uh, 14 opener against Clemson. Beginning of the season, under the lights, crowds juiced. That, to me, ultimate factor in there. Just, I can't imagine, like, I wasn't there, but just even watching it on TV, like, I wish I was. Like, that, the beginning of the season, the hopes of a new season, like, everything like that, just everything about that, just that screams to me, you know, excitement. So... But it's got to be against a big school. Like, I don't want it against, like, a Sunbelt school, SCS school. I want it against a big school. I don't care if it's a rivalry or not, but against a big school. Like, one of the home and homes against Oklahoma, you know, even FSU, you know, big school. What is that? That's four. So, then again, once the last two came, it's all over the place. I have a caveat here because I don't know if this is counts or not because it's a single-day event, but I don't – it's two two games. So, I chose the final four. Does that yeah, count? yeah. That, that works. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Same okay. same arena. So, that works. Same arena. So I chose the final four. I, I think that speaks for itself. I don't want the championship game. I want the final four. Don't think it really needs much explanation. And then the sixth one, I was all over the place on this. So not a huge baseball guy, not a huge basketball guy. Football and hockey are, are where I'm at usually. So I chose the SEC championship even though we've been gutted so many times, but I still chose it. That's to see the dogs win the SEC championship would be awesome, but it's a neutral side game. I love neutral side games and I'd rather be there to win than to lose. But I think that the SEC championship is a good choice. Now I know we always talk about honorable mentions. I had to choose an honorable mention. It would be the Rose Bowl. Not because of the dogs game, but just it's the granddaddy of them all. The most prestigious bowl, in my opinion. I still like the bowls, even though they've kind of gone by the wayside with the playoffs. And it is a playoff game on the rotation. But I think the Rose Bowl still, with the history of it all, is still awesome. All right. So I just want to start my list by saying that Boss and I did not share lists with each other before we're taping. So I'm just putting that out there, okay? <laughs> first, first five for me. Like, so easy, I barely even have to think about it. Number six, I may change my mind before we get to number six. I'll put it that way. So, number one for me is Saturday at the Masters. Um, I need to be in Augusta every single year. Like, if I either had a family member that had passes and or had the means to just buy them on the secondary market, I would go every single year. I have never enjoyed a sporting event in my life more than I enjoyed that. And I love moving day in golf tournaments. So I would go on Saturday. It's a full, full day. Usually a lot of action, especially on that golf course. So that's number one for me. I would eat about 15 pimento cheese sandwiches, like three 
Georgia peach ice cream sandwiches and then have multiple domestic beers in the master's cups. They just taste better. And I love that it's just called a domestic. You don't actually know what you're drinking. It's just phenomenal. I mean, I just, I love that place. I, it's, it's the greatest place on earth. I've called it grown up Disney world for sports fans. And in so many ways, that's true. So that's number one. Uh, number two, and I've been, I've done this multiple times and I just love it. I, there aren't many days of the year. I love more than major league baseball opening day. And as you're well aware, I'm a long suffering Baltimore Orioles fan. Cal Ripken was my, my a one from day one, my whole childhood. Um, and I love, love, love Oriole park at Camden yards. I mean, even as a non Orioles fan, I just think it's an incredible sports venue. So opening day at Camden every year, I want to do that. It's always a three o'clock first pitch, get myself to pickles at about one drink, drink me a couple natty bows before I head into the stadium and then have me a Maryland crab, old Bay hot dog before the game gets started off. I mean, doesn't that just sound like a phenomenal day with the sun shining on you? Come on. You can't beat that. So that's on my list. Um, this event I have never been to, so I'm picking this completely blind, but it's just right up my alley, and that's the Kentucky Derby. I would love to go to the Derby every year. Just give me an outrageously obnoxious suit and some awesome fedora. And they have a thing there. I don't know if you've heard of this, but you can buy what, what's called a $1,000 mint julep. And you get a silver julep cup and you drink it in the Woodford Reserve Lounge. And it's all you can drink juleps. And you know how your boy is. I'm about as lightweight as they come. I probably wouldn't make it to the actual derby every year if I, if I did do that. But, I mean, come on. It's a $1,000 mint julep. Like, that just sounds like a phenomenal thing. Also, you know your boy loves, like, a theme like that, like a theme drink or something. So, yeah. I, I am hook, line, and sinker in for that. So, yeah, Kentucky Derby is on my list. Haven't done it yet, but I will do it. If any of the listeners out there want to take me and boss to the Derby, we'll, we'll be right there with you. So that's on my list. Uh, the next two are off of your list. I think my feelings on the world's largest outdoor cocktail party are extremely well known. That is absolutely on my list. If you told me I could never go to the cocktail party again, I would be so sad. So that's on there. Faux show. And I am parking in the Jacksonville Bulldog Club lot. Every time I go, had an absolute blaster this year. Shout out Jacksonville Bulldog Club. Uh, also, they have an electric logo with the with Uga holding um, holding the gator in his mouth. So love that. Um, and it's one of those things where I just am always so excited going into that weekend, and there's just so much energy. And then you hope that the dogs win a bunch, so it keeps going. But uh, yeah, that's on there. And then SEC title game for sure. I love Atlanta. Love the food in Atlanta. Love going to the varsity. Love going to Fat Mats. I love going to the College Football Hall of Fame. Game day is generally there every single year. Love how the setup is with the convention center right by the bends where you can kind of party all day and do the SEC championship experience. Uh, you can hit up the hotel bars during game day. Um, it, it's just a really, really cool setting. And, man, I just love, love, love the bends. I think it is an awesome place to watch a football game. So many good sight lines. Um, so yeah, pro tip though, until they do, and maybe they did this year, I can't remember, but they don't sell booze in the stadium. So, well, that's a lie. They do sell booze, but only at the quote unquote private party venues. So you can apparently buy tickets to these private parties at certain of the restaurants on the concourse and stuff. And you can have a couple beers in there like during pregame. So 
rookie mistake when my brother and I went, we didn't have that. So we got in the game like two hours before because we wanted to kind of soak in the whole atmosphere and, you know, didn't have any, didn't have any access. We're drinking Pepsi still until kick, which is still cool. But um, that's what I would do next time. Dude, my last one, I I, I still really don't know what I was going to pick. Like I probably would have picked the Rose Bowl until we talked to Coach Hacker or Coach Hack. And Hacker told us, he was like, you know, I don't think I could ever go back to the Rose Bowl because it'll never eclipse the experience that I had when I went to see the dogs play in 18. And I had never thought about it that way. But boy, is he right. Like, I'm with you. Like, I love, love, love the Rose Bowl. And the event itself was such a magical experience. But I do wonder if I would go and be somewhat let down because it wasn't like it was last time. I mean, obviously, you would go into it knowing this isn't going to be the 2018 Rose Bowl, but still, it would be awesome to go to Pasadena, spend some time out on the West Coast. Like, I, I think all those things make it big. So that's in consideration for me. Let me throw another one at you that I've been considering is going to a wrestling pay-per-view like WrestleMania. And if wrestling didn't stink out loud, capital S-T-I-N-K, for as long as it has, that would 100% have been my choice to be WrestleMania because, again, it's like the Super Bowl of wrestling. It's an event. My brother and I, my older brother and I, went when it was in Atlanta the year that the champ hosted it and Triple H wrestled Undertaker. I mean, it was in, just an electric night. We had a great time. It was at the old Georgia Dome before they moved over to the Benz. But uh, I would do that for sure. But, dude, wrestling's been so horrendous from a talent perspective that, like, I just, I'm, I'm not even amped up about the possibility of that. So the other one I'm also considering is the Thursday of the opening pod of the NCAA basketball tournament. Like Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament are like two of my favorite days of the year. And so being in one arena for a pod and starting at noon and you're watching hoops in that arena, just bang, bang, bang all the way till like eight or nine o'clock sounds absolutely incredible. So I think after some consideration and talking myself through this right now with you, having a little sports therapy session, I think I'm going with that. I think I'm going Thursday of the opening round of the NCAA at one of the four game sites. So I'm getting four games in on one day. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that list? Am I like leaving something out? Are you surprised at any of my choices? No, I mean, I'm surprised Camden wasn't the first thing you said, to be honest, that was the only surprising thing. So what you're saying was those six choices were very on brand for your for your fellow host. Yeah, and and uh, I mean honestly, if wrestling didn't wasn't what it is now, that I could see. I mean, I would be in, in with that as well. But I haven't watched wrestling since I don't know oh four oh five. It's just been steadily downhill since then. Yeah, it's been it's just so bad, man. There's like not a guy that I would want to go see, right? Like if the champ was still wrestling, I'd sign up for that in blood or, you know, any of these guys, right? It's just, there's just nobody, man. There's nobody I want to go see. Um, it's bad when the, the talent that's still interesting is talent that was good back when we liked it. Like the talent that's interesting is like Jericho's still interesting on AEW. I mean, he's in his fifties now. It's like the talent that's still good was good 20 years ago. It's like, there's no new blood at all. It's interesting. Yeah. Hey, what was your what was your Stanley Cup Finals pick? Uh, game seven, and I would choose it if I had to pick a venue. I would pick it in the Montreal. I love that you picked Game Seven 
because like I feel like if you pick one of the finals, you have to pick game seven, right? And you're yeah. just rolling, yeah. you're just rolling the dice that most years you probably don't get to go to one of the games in person, right? Yeah. But the payoff is you're at every game seven for the rest of your Ever. life. For the the Stanley Cup finals. Like, oh, I think that's an excellent choice. I really, really toyed with choosing game seven of the World Series and or game seven of the NBA finals for that exact reason. But I tried to make all of my choices ones that I was could lock in on my calendar that I was going to every single year. So that's that's why I went the way I went. I almost chose Major League Baseball All-Star game. If I wanted one every year, I would have chosen game four because there's a guarantee, you know, one, two, three, or four. There's a guaranteed game every year, but you don't know if you're going to see the cup, and I'd want to see the cup. I like your list. I like my list. I want to hear the listeners' list. So y'all get on Instagram and either shoot us a DM or comment in one of our posts. I want to know what y'all's lists are or tweet at us, whatever, but I want to know what everybody's lists are because I want to know some ones I was forgetting about. I also considered Wimbledon. The finals at Wimbledon, like I'm not a tennis guy, but it's Wimbledon, right? Like that just seems cool. So, and you get to go to London. That's the other piece of it is like, where are we traveling to for these events? So that, that kind of parlayed into it a little bit, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got for you this week, brother. Sounds good. All right. Well, we will, uh, we'll bark at y'all next week. As we always close with go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details